in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Ten. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're here to bring you another show discussing movies. This week we're doing... Uh, top 10 movies where actors play themselves yeah. in honor of the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah. As we're recording this, I'm getting a chance to go see that later on next week or early on next week. Uh, so I'm excited. I know some other people have already gone to screenings up in LA, but, uh, I'm looking forward to this one because everyone who I've talked to has seen it has had nothing but positive things to say about it. So that's, that gets me excited. Are you? trepidatiously or cautiously optimistic or do you think it's not gonna impress you at all uh no i'm i'm looking forward to that and uh northman oh my god or northman however oh, you say it's it. so good it is so fucking good yeah those two on the slate um <laughs> i've already once once i saw both of them i was like oh, shit i don't know which i'll see first between the two but i'll definitely be seeing both of those in the theater yeah. Yeah. uh so it's good. Uh, you know, I was supposed to go see, uh, everything all at once. Oh yeah. But I, my schedule has been dog shit. Okay. Um, so a friend of mine hit me up and was like, you want to go? It's like, I, I can't right now. Um, yeah, yeah. and he was on his way to see it a second time. Wow. Wow. So okay. yeah. So it's like, oh, well, I definitely want to see that. Um, yeah. And I know I saw a bunch of people on Twitter saying that, uh, it sucks that they can't get it in their area. Yeah. Um, thankfully don't have that problem around here, but, uh, yeah, eventually those are the three, but I'm really looking forward to those two opening yeah. this weekend once people hear this. Yeah. There might be another screening for Northman. And if there is, I'm, I might go see it again. It is just such an incredibly immersive, fucking great movie. Um, yeah. And everything all, everywhere all at once. I totally understand why your friend might want to go a second time. There is a lot to, process and digest in that film and so yeah those are two uh the ones that i'm that i really enjoyed as well uh recently getting a chance to see so, so it sounds good that you're you're into it no sonic 2 huh no sonic 2 on your schedule huh i i didn't see the first one although i heard it was i thought i heard it was good yeah yeah first one's good um you know i have no affinity to sonic <laughs> that was as a game Design. Yeah, it's like, you know, you go to your friend's house that has a Sega and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a Nintendo? I only had one friend that he was a diehard Sega. It was like, oh, the Nintendo's for posers and be like, I don't think you understand. Yeah. I hated the controller. Oh, and yeah, right. right. From the start, I was like, I don't like this controller at all. I was so used to just Nintendo's very simple, you know, mm -hmm. D-pad plus two buttons. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I heard it's good, so maybe eventually I'll see it, but I'm not going to go out of my way. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Okay, but, good jam. Yeah, it could be, it could be great. I have no <laughs> idea. 
I'm happy to see Jim working and a part that he seems to enjoy. And yes, yes. Uh, ben Schwartz, I'm a fan of, so that's cool. I like that he's Jim. You guys hang out. You go to the clubs together. What's what's uh, Jim? It's just you, you and Jim Carrey. Is this the kind? Is this a stand up thing where you all just know each other? Is that what this is? No, I don't know Jim Carrey. Oh, okay, okay. Um, although, uh, I technically have friends that do. Oh, how well they know him is probably up for debate. Right on. Right well, on. he produced a show and two guys I know started it. Oh, the, um, yeah, the one about the store. Right. The store one. Yeah. 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 Um, so he came to the store and um, talked to them and hung out because, you know, cool. what I, somebody has camaraderie with, but I don't know the guy. Okay. Have you ever uh, met him? You ever sat down with him or talked to him? No, not at all. I have not. Okay. I have not. Uh, just missed him a couple of times, but that's about it. Most I would have said is like, Hey, nice to meet you. And right. Unless he wanted to talk, but I'm not going to impose. Of course not. Yeah. You're like, not going to corner somebody guy. like, well, it's just, it's awkward as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You mean so much to me. I love your movie. <laughs> like, nah, you know, most I would do would be like, I'm a fan and then just kind of move about my day. Don't give them too much. Don't give them too much. Well, it's just I don't want to make it awkward for them. What are you supposed to say when somebody's just sitting there? Thank you. That's what you say. You do say thank you, and then you want the conversation more than likely to end as quickly as it began. That's my assumption because he's been getting it nonstop for 30 years. Yeah, well, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, look, he was an apex predator for quite a few years there. Uh, five maybe tops five years okay sure yeah but then but how many people get to that rarefied air it's true and and stretch it out to eternal sunshine so maybe a little bit longer than five so yeah all right fair enough because i mean what all those films came out in 94 all those three comedies and then you know six seven eight Uh, years i guess yeah yeah through through the late 90s early 2000s and things started to fall off a little bit but yeah. I think that's also inherent in the process. You do enough of these projects, they're not going to come. Yeah. You know, your, your hit percentage begins to dwindle after a while. Look at Tom Hanks, you know? Right. Tommy H, as we like to call him here on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I, you know, Tombo is what Tom- I call him. Tombo. Oh, gotta go. Uh, that's good. I like Tombo. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, what would you do if you were – I'm a big fan of his work, but it pick someone that you like. And Denzel, I did that at a at – a, yeah, it was weird. It's always awkward because you never know if you're saying the right thing. And in your mind, it always sounds wrong. Yeah, when when I was done interviewing Denzel for a junket, I said to him, thanks for everything you do. I'm just such a massive fan for such a long time and especially thank you for Malcolm X kind of changed my life, you know, and – or when I met Travolta at the Critics Choice Awards, I got to tell him how much I enjoyed Phenomenon. But yeah, you want to keep it short and sweet. You don't want to spend too much time belaboring the point. If they want to ask you questions, if they want to uh, instigate a conversation, they will. So it's the smartest thing is just to kind of mm-hmm. get your shot out quick. And then if you want to take a picture or if you want to do whatever or ask for a picture or whatever, fine. But get your shot out quick and then get out. You're absolutely exactly. right. Because there's a lot of people who come up to them. And, and there are people who come up to them and take like go on for 10, 15 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. And they they get the same questions. Right, right. Over right. and over and over, the same compliments and the, you know. So <laughs> just I'm a fan. Keep yeah. doing you. Uh pleasure to meet you. And exactly. then I'm I'm good. 
If you want to talk beyond that, you let me know. But otherwise, I'm just going to let you, you know, have your peace. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move on with my day. Yeah. Oh, man, it's true. Uh, by the way, shout out to Adelardo Fuente, who is joining us for the first time live. Thank you, Adelardo. Thank you, James Petty. Thank you, Matt. Movies 611, who is hanging out with us as well. Appreciate it. You know, if you're at the $10 and above level, you get to hang out with us live. Um, and, uh, shout out to Matthew Hasso, who, uh, rejoined at a, at a high level on our Patreon, uh, and sent us an email about it. So thank you very much, Matthew. You are the best. Um, Matt, what, what else is going on in your world? What do you want? You, you usually been coming in with topics you want to talk about, entertainment news. What do you want to get into before we get uh, into the lists? Anything bothering you? Anything, okay, any, you got a burr in your saddle? Anything do, bothering you? Um, well, I mean, it, I, I don't know that I specifically come in. Okay. Like with an agenda every week. I was an agenda. I just try, just try and come in with some sort of, cause we kibitz up top for 15 to sometimes 30 minutes. Might as well have some sort of jumping off point. Sure. To sure. begin with. And I skew towards entertainment related, uh, yeah. just cause that's, you know, the topic that we deal with on the show, yes. uh, type of thing. But, uh, I don't have anything, uh, specific. Looking forward to Obi-Wan. Hopefully that's good. Yeah. Uh, Saw Moon Knight episode three. Um, is it working for you or is it not working for you? Yeah. I'm starting to see people. Yeah. I'm starting to see people start to be like, is this all there is? I was expecting a bit more. It was promised to be a bit more. It I'm hearing did. that from a number of people. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. The horse riding guy was a little bit much, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. that's, you know, whatever. Let's see how this thing lands. Yeah, right. Before I, you know, Keep pass any kind of judgment. So far, I've only really loved Loki, and WandaVision had me until, like, the last episode yeah, and a half. That last episode, man. Yeah. It just goes a little too yeah. not where I was expecting, and, you know, whatever. You guys can make whatever you want. You made an incredible piece of art, and congratulations. And yeah. It's one person's opinion, so who cares? Yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, outside of that, it's been mostly like, oh, that was all right. Or shit, some of them I couldn't even get, Hawkeye right. couldn't get past the pilot. So. Right, right. Uh, but I'm also on the spectrum of, I'm starting to get burnt out on all the superhero stuff. Okay. Ooh, so, you're starting to go into that mode. All right. No, nah, I mean, there are projects coming out that I'm like, oh, I'm definitely still intrigued by this and I can't wait to see it. Right. And there are others and like, unless people tell me it's fantastic, I'm not going on my way to see it immediately. I will see it eventually. Right, right. But I'm not going to brave crowds and whatever else and scramble to get tickets. <laughs> uh, although that's going to be a pain in the ass for Strange coming out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, tickets already went on sale. I haven't even looked because yeah. I don't know what my schedule is going to be like around then. So, all right. Well, I'm fucked out of that opening weekend more than likely <laughs> unless I want to go at four in the morning. To a mostly sold out theater, apparently. Yeah. 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 They've got their yeah. tickets starting five yeah. or five or six or four. Yeah. Maybe right. Maybe four in the morning for showings. It's great. I, I would assume. I mean, if the Batman was representative of what mm. they're anticipating, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to be seeing this well after everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about it because, you know, I'm spoiled, but Mike, our two friends, Mike and Jonathan, get us our tickets. Um, and then we don't have to, we don't use get Plus I have the screening coming up. So it's like, those are the things, but, um, I'm looking right now to see where 
like the earliest you could get. Kind of interesting. I mean, uh, they're not, what's the doc? Oh, you have to go through Fandango, huh? Okay. Oh, that's the official? Yeah, apparently. Um, I thought you could get that on anything. Why would it be? What's the zip code on? I would forget. Uh, 90036. I think that's my zip code. So, let's see, if I want to go see, Oh my God. Why is this so difficult? All right. Well, I've got, what have you got? I got the AMC app open. Oh, okay. So let's say in Burbank. Okay. In Burbank. All right. All right. Well, that's the closest to me that I like. Fair enough. Um, let's see. There's nap. Nope. Those are all sold out. So all the Dolby's are pretty much done for the first day. Okay. It goes 315. Um, looks like pretty much every 15 minutes until 12:15 a.m. Let's just check the 12:15 a.m. We'll start there. That one's got a shitload of seats. That there's only six oh. sold out of 50 ish. There you go. But you know how it is. They'll sell out, but then I mean, by the time the thing comes, it'll be sold out. Yeah, as of right now, uh, yeah. it looks good, but that's also a couple weeks away, and right, I'm not sure. What exactly my schedule is going to look like for that Friday? So can I see a? Well, it's only a two-hour movie. It, yeah, it's only two hours and six minutes. Yeah, yeah, compared to the three hours that we've been getting as of late. Well, the thing is, because it's opening on a Thursday, at least in Los Angeles, there are th- the first screening is at three o'clock. Normally, you don't get a screening until seven. But from what I'm seeing here at the Grove. Yeah, and there are seats available. Damn, there are a lot of seats available for a 3 p.m. screening at the Grove of Doctor Strange. So, interesting. Curious. I'd, I'd probably want to go see it at IMAX, wouldn't you say, the first time around? Or is that not? not you? Um, let's see. The one IMAX screening, good luck with that in Burbank. <laughs> oh, I'm sure in Burbank, probably. Well, you got to sit in the first two rows. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. The entire middle section for the 3 p.m. screening there at the Grauman's. Is, that, is it still called Grauman's? What's it called now? Chinese Theater. Sorry, the TCL. Um, the entire middle section is gone at 3 p.m. for IMAX. The sides, there's some stuff on the sides and up front, but that's about it in the middle. There's section. a 1.15 a.m. that has availability okay. for IMAX. In now, Brooklyn. what about Friday? Let's look at Friday because what's the earliest? 11 a.m. at the Grove. 1 p.m., 12th. So, oh, I thought there'd be like 5 a.m.ers or 4 a.m. There might be. If these end up all selling out, then they'll add showings. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I'd be curious as to when they did that for uh, the Batman. Hmm. And theaters also could be like, fuck this. We're not going to open early because we're not making any money off these other things. Why should we open early and pay staff and whatever? They might be looking at the cost of it overall and not seeing that it's a, it's a smart move for them. Yeah. Or the demand isn't as high. So yeah, they're yeah. not going to bend over backwards. They're already, I mean, they're already offering a shitload of showings. It's just not like where it's the Batman and it took over entire yeah. right, right. multiplexes where you couldn't hardly see anything else other than the Batman. It's true. It's a very good point. So. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But hopefully Moon Knight, we got three more episodes. Let's land this bird. Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. <clears throat> well, what's your feelings as we go into 
the NBA, man. What's your feelings now? Real quick. Um, little drop in dimes preview. Well, I think it's by and large, I think the higher seeds I would favor in almost every matchup. Okay. Uh, the only, the only one that I think has a potential chance is that it's a four or five, but I think Toronto has a good chance of making the Eastern Conference finals the way everything's lining up wow. for them right now. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, as the five seed. Well, they got Philly in the first round. I think Philly can be beat. And then they have the winner of Miami and whoever Miami's going to take on. And yeah, I, I'm not as big a believer in Miami. I know they're the number one and they haven't gotten respect all season. So they get to hang their hat on that card. And yeah, it's the perfect team for that kind of narrative too. Um, yeah, yeah. to throw it in people's faces. I just, I will be curious as to see, but they also have the easier side of the bracket in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the other one, you've got the Celtics, who should be getting Time Lord back sometime in the near future. Yeah, that's what Simmons was saying that he thinks that the Celtics are playing this game, playing this kind of wait and see situation, um, because they feel like they're going to get Time Lord back for round one. Yeah. Well, I mean, when he had his surgery, the initial uh, prognosis was four to six weeks. Four weeks would be game five. Oh yeah. So, so okay. So that could yeah, work. hypothetically, they could. Okay. But I mean, that side of the bracket, you got them, you got Brooklyn, and you have Milwaukee. I mean, that's all right. That's tough. all three of those teams I could see making the finals. Okay. Uh, so you so, have the Raptors beating the Sixers in the yes. first. You really yeah. do. Wow. Uh, seven game series because wow. Thibel can't play in the games in Toronto. So you take yeah. him out of the question and be like, well, the one thing they should be able to hang their hat on is defense. Right. So those two games are going to be kind of difficult. It is asking a lot of Toronto. I don't know. I don't believe in Siakam as a number one, but Scotty Barnes gives them such a different uh, complexion. Van yeah. Vliet will be back full in the lineup. OG Ananobi is back and playing. Right. They should be at full health, and uh, they're just a problem okay. for every team. Nobody – I think they were – of the potential matchups, everybody's like, I don't want Toronto because they're going to make me earn it. Uh, whereas Milwaukee's probably looking their, licking their lips, looking at my bulls going, this should be easy, <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> what about Net Celtics? That's the premier. Yeah, that's my, my mind. First round. Yeah. I, I don't know who's going to win that. Oh, really? You have no, it's a pick them to you. I, I, I think you can go either way with it. Okay. With, depending on when Robert Williams comes back. Okay. If he comes back sooner rather than later, that's going to be a tremendous problem for the Nets. If okay. he ends up staying out for the entire series, well, suddenly they don't have the interior defense and you can, as much as his teammates got mad at him, Brown was right. You can take it at Horford and Tice. Right, right. And Tice doesn't get calls. So. Okay. Right. It's going to be interesting as hell because otherwise you're going to have to surrender and just say, well, KD's going to get 30. Kyrie's going to get 25 to 30 and everybody right. else needs to prove it. But then you got Seth Curry over there. And if he gets out of, you know, gets back to anywhere near a hundred percent, it's like, okay, well, they'll have the spacing. Yeah. And you know, if Williams is in there, then Drummond is a non-threat without Williams. It's like, well, you know, it's, he could be a handful. This is going to be fun. Yeah. That one's going to be a great series. I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. I think yeah. that's by of the, all the different series. That's the one I'm most intrigued by. That one and then uh, Memphis and Minnesota. I think that Oof. was going to be a shitload of fun. Do you see Minnesota like shocking the world? No. And getting to the No. Finals? You just go ahead and stop that. No. <laughs> They're not going to make it out of this this series. They're not. 
But Patrick Beverly was dancing on tables. I thought yeah, that well, you know, that's great. I mean, just look at Memphis. They lose Ja, doesn't matter. Yeah. They lose Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr., doesn't matter. It's incredible, man. The team is so deep, so young, so frisky. Yeah. They're just in there playing with a confidence that's uh, a, a tremendous amount of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, is that a certainty? Of course not that they're going to beat Minnesota, but I would bet heavy on it. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> Especially because they did it without – I mean, Cat was out those last seven or eight minutes. They were able to come back on the Clippers and get it done. But they, I didn't have a lot of faith on the Clippers anyway. Do you think they'll beat the Pelicans or do you think the Pelicans – I think the Pelicans are going to beat the Clippers in L.A. Could. I think that one's pretty even. Yeah. And Whereas, they're doing it without Zion. That's yeah. Incredible. And hopefully it motivates Zion to sign his extension with them. Otherwise, he's gone. And then on the flip side, I think Atlanta beats the Cavs. Unfortunately for the Cavs, just injuries hit them too hard this late in the season. And they're just not the same same team that they were. So the Hawks will make it in. They'll play Miami in the first round, and that'll be interesting. I think Hawks will win that. Uh, they could. They could. I just don't know that they can play defense on any kind of level that Miami can. Mm. And it's not like Miami's an offensive juggernaut, but they also, you know, they have half-court sets that they rely on. And it's true. Atlanta, Atlanta, good luck stopping them without John Collins out there. That's true. Well, and Oladipo seems to be reborn again. After that injury, so. Okay. All right. All right. All right, man. Just wanted to get your thoughts. No. Sure, your two cents. Are you still picking we'll Phoenix Bucks in the finals or Phoenix Toronto in the finals? Oh, no. But I don't think Toronto will make the finals. Okay. Uh, you know, Bucks will make it out of the first round. I think whoever, much like last year, whoever wins that, that makes the finals. Okay. So winner of Bucks slash Carolinas. Yeah, sorry about those looking at the scores here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, winner of, uh, Nets Celtics. So whoever takes that, if we have a rematch of Bucks Nets or if it's Celtics Bucks, I wish I could say my Bulls are in this conversation, but they're not. We're going to lose. I, I just know we can't compare. The only team I wanted in the top six was Philly. Yeah. You could have a shot at Philly. That's for sure. I, I, I just think of, can we stop Embiid? No. Embiid's going to get his 40. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Just double harden, make him feel terrible, and then he'll check himself out mentally. And yeah. good luck to whoever else. I, you know, if Niang isn't going to be 100% healthy, uh, I'm not concerned then. And then, uh, Danny Green looking old. Tobias Harris sometimes shows up, sometimes doesn't. Right, right. Thibbles. I mean, you know, their, their bench is not deep. Tyrese Maxey is who you're relying on at that point. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, it's a young guy. I don't know what he's going to give you. Play full, play, playoff neophyte. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh Axwell, he says, not sure if I missed it, but what are thoughts on Raps, uh, Sixers? I think he, uh, I think, uh, Matt dropped it down. I think he thinks Raptors. So yeah, I would take Raptors in seven. I think he's biased because he hates James Harden, but I, but I understand. I think he might be right. He might. Hates, be. hate is strong. Is it? I it feel like it's strong. not strong enough. You, the, 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 bile, the bile that drips from your mouth when Do you Do not care to watch him play? Yes. That's what I'm saying. That is, that's not hate. That's, mm. I wish you actually, <laughs> instead of relying on loopholes in the rule book and yeah. just played to your actual playmaking and ability, you would be just as good. Uh, and I'm going to have to change that tune on Trey Young as well. I, Oof. well, his foul baiting 
I did turned my nose up. Wow. And I was like, that stinks. And then now that he doesn't foul bait as much, although I can't say that I've watched, I think I've watched four total Hawks games all season. Okay. All right. All right. So it's not like I go and watch a ton. I just don't care to watch. I don't like watching him. Okay. Fair enough. He just, in the promo shots that they do for the NBA, where it's just like tomorrow night's matchups and they just have the singular picture of whoever the star athlete is. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like the little kid that you grew up around that talks a bunch of shit knowing that you can't hit him because he's little. Mm-hmm. So he just has this smirk on this smugness on his face and be like, you little shit. And look, oh, look, you can find it. And it's just like, ah, get, get the fuck out of here. Uh, that to me has always been my impression of him. And, okay. uh, is that fair? No, <laughs> but. You know, I watch a lot of basketball and I got to make snap decisions as to who I'm going to watch night in, night out. And, uh, unfortunately that is my perception of him and that team. So that's fair. That's fair. Hey, I don't know if it's fair, but it's how I'm choosing to operate. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't mind it so much because he is the wiry kid. He's got to have some advantage. And so these are the tools he has to play and he plays them and they're his natural instincts to play them. So it's not inauthentic. You know, we've seen people try to put on shit, put on airs over the years, and it doesn't quite work. Um, I like how Trey does it. It's authentic. Even though I'm sure it would irritate the piss out of people, but I, I don't mind it as much. Pissed off his own teammates for a while. Yeah, he does. He has. Yeah, he did. But, you know, they're in the fucking playoffs two years in a row because of this kid. So, and possibly. Yeah, yeah. They win winning. Officially in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, winning cures a lot of ills. <laughs> but. Did you think it was unfair that they went after Beverly the way they did the fucking TNT guys? Sometimes they become the old men on the fucking porch and it does get a little irritating. And I'm like, yeah. Beverly was mad at the clips because of his own perceived issues with them and maybe went too far, but the kid's celebrating a little bit. I don't know. And wow. Juan James, who isn't even in the fucking playoffs tweeting laugh emojis, um, uh, I thought it was real shit. I'm like, come on, dude. You just gave a press conference where you lied to all the reporters and the fans watching it for two hours or an hour, looking like you just got out of some terrorist basement in that fucking the way it was framed, and you lied to them. You have no influence on the roster decisions. You you don't know who's no, going to be coach. Like, it's revisionist history. We all knew it was going to come. Of course, um, lie. I just I, <laughs> I agree and don't. Yeah, right. I yeah. think they're right to laugh at him. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just like, guys, this is a fucking play-in game. <laughs> so what happens if you manage to get swept in the first round? Yeah. You know how stupid those clips are going to yeah, look in true. a week's time? It's true. So just act like you've been here before. Like it was always, you were always going to beat the Clippers. And mm-hmm. it's one thing, Beverly, but you know, and Anthony Edwards is a young kid. He was up on those scores yeah, yeah, yeah. tables well. And like, I, I get it. It's playoff atmosphere. Right. Um, and they were down. Yeah, and they were down, and they came back and yeah. punched their ticket, and they don't have to play another game, and they're officially in the playoffs. And, uh yeah, I mean, I understand the emotions and all that, and there's the flip side of it. Yeah, and if you lose in this opening round, you're yeah. going to look like fools. Right. You didn't catch Cat doing that. Cat just kissed his girlfriend and walked off the court. He didn't He didn't do any of the histrionics like that. He, well, he also, you know, fouled out with seven minutes left, yeah. so – I don't, I don't blame him. The refs seem to be on one in the first half. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there. Man. I, I missed the first half. It's the only thing I've missed of the playing game so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I caught the second half of that and I just saw all the hubbub on Twitter being like, what is up with the refs? Like I yeah. thankfully yes. missed that. That's fair. Um, uh, what else is going on? Anything else we want to, oh my God, we're 27 minutes. Yeah, we might as well jump into this. Jesus Christ. I didn't know that we commits in for that long. All right, let's get into this thing. Uh, as Matt said, we're counting down the top 10 films where an actor plays themselves in the film, um, out of uh, respect for the Nicolas Cage film, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So, uh, the way the show works is uh, Matt and I go on our separate uh, ways. We come back together. Uh, I, uh, he counts down his top. Bottom three, I count down my bottom three, then we count down the next two, and then we go one apiece after the break to count out our top five, then we combine it at the end, and that's our official list. So, Mr. Nost, please take it away. What's your number 10? Uh, 10, I got a three-way tie. I already know what I'm choosing. Wow. I don't like all three options just for various reasons. Okay. Not saying I don't like the movie. I enjoy all three movies. I'm mm-hmm. saying I think I'm kind of fudging Okay. a little bit here. Uh, but I'm going to go with Wayne's World for Alice Cooper. He has oh. technically done, did Sergeant Peppers and he did like three, four other movies before that. That's where I'm at. I've also got Happy Gilmore with Bob Barker. Bob Barker did like three TV shows. He's not an actor. Exactly. And then, uh, private parts with Howard Stern. So which one are you choosing? Uh, I chose Alice Cooper in okay, Wayne's okay, World. Okay. Cause right. he'd done right. Sergeant Peppers. He'd actually done some acting. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody's acting in that movie, but I hear what you're saying. Technically, you're correct. Yes. Well, you don't think anybody's acting in Wayne's World? No, no, in uh, in uh, Sergeant Peppers. That was a that was oh, an yeah, exercise yeah. in drugs. That's what that was. Well, that uh, it, that sounds like a lot of art from that period, not just movies. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And sports, and you know, they didn't have the behind the musics at that point, and all the <laughs> posts to, to educate them that you know what's bad, drugs. It's crazy that it took 20 years for people to figure out maybe doing cocaine all the time isn't good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The time as well. Yeah. Or like, a, well, we're about to get there. With, oh, uh, right. oh, never mind. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm fine. Ahead, so sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, I already know where the story goes. But yeah. For those. Well, they've already got the inkling of, hey, what, uh, what you guys got going on over there? <laughs> Richard Pryor doesn't seem to be a good influence. Who saw that coming? The guy that lit himself on fire after freebasing. Dude, McKay is, I, McKay's got some access. He is grinding in this show, man. I like the show. I love the show, actually. But he is grinding some access pretty fucking hard, man. Uh, just so. taking a lot of liberties. <laughs> taking a lot of liberties. If I'm Jerry West's kid, man, I'm like Evander Holyfield hunting for Charlie Steiner in those ESPN commercials. I want him. I want to find Adam McKay and kick the shit out of him. Oh my God, man. So just crazy that show. Crazy. Ugh. Well, I mean, so far just shown Jerry is very passionate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real passionate. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a good show. Ha- yeah. Have you gotten a bird yet or no? No, not yet. Oh. I think that's the next episode. Is it that's, not? Episode five, so- I believe is. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I told, uh, I think Jeff told me about it. He's yeah. like, Oh, when you get to the bird, this is how they introduce him. And I'm like, Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. The, the, the nice thing about it is you can't spoil the show for me. Right. Right. Cause you know the story. Yeah. Of course. Well, there are certain aspects of it that I don't know. Right. Like all the Dr. Bus moving and shaking on the financial side, whether mm-hmm. or not that's true. That'd be interesting. I would imagine a lot of that is true. Probably. Yeah. 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 yeah it seems pretty legit. 
yeah. uh, just from the outside looking in. But the basketball and those, it's like, hey, I pretty much know. If I don't know, I know the rough outline yeah, but, right. uh, of player X or whatever the case is. Uh, but yeah, I went with Alice Cooper. I think it was, there are other movies that qualify, but I okay. don't go back to watch them ever. Okay. Um, so it was like, uh, yeah, that movie technically, uh, there's one that may be on your list. I just, I haven't seen it since it originally came out. I thought it was okay then. And I would rather watch Wayne's World. Fair enough. I kind of okay. did that. There's five or six others that are on my side list. And I did that over and over. And I was like, I guess I'm going to go with Alice Cooper here, even though. Yes, it's stretching the acting. Oh yeah, the idea of actor. Yeah, in this uh, yeah. a little bit. I have one other that I stretch, but I I can justify. <laughs> Whereas for Alice Cooper, I was just like, well, you know what? Private Parts, I can't with a straight face. That would be my choice. Yeah, yeah, right. Of those three movies, but Howard Stern did one movie where he's got a tiny part. I've never heard of it. Yeah, uh, and it's with uh. Two actors where I'm like, oh yeah, that dude, hmm. uh, who wrote and directed and, uh, it, and he's got a tiny little part in it and that's it. Right. Right. So I was like, I can't in good conscience select that one, but Alice Cooper does a fine acting job. He does. Wayne's yes. world. Yes. Uh, Millie Wake and <laughs> in that scene, he could be doing the best acting of all three of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't, you don't know. You don't know. You're right. That's right. So that's what I went with for number 10. Okay. All right. I like that choice. What's your number nine? Uh, nine is knocked up. Uh, who would be a knocked up? Uh, the Steve Carell and technically Eva Mendez. They're on the red oh. carpet. Are you sure that's not 40 year old version? No, that's knocked up. Okay. Because, right. uh, uh, What's her name from Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, Catherine Heigl. Yeah, Catherine yeah. Heigl. I was sitting there going, Catherine Keener, Catherine. Um, oh, that's Catherine Keener. She's like, well, that's the other one. That's not yeah. this, that, that, this Apatow. It's the other Apatow. Get your head out of your ass. Uh, she's on the red carpet and she's pregnant mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she's interviewing because she works at E. Yeah. She's interviewing celebrities as they walk past on some event or something and she talks to Carell. And she's like, oh, I look terrible. And he's like, no, you look fine. He's like, just <laughs> don't fucking lie to me. And he's like, all right, well, you know what? I hear them calling my name. And she's like, oh, Steve, don't, right. yeah, don't do this. Don't be an asshole. And he's like, I'm not being an asshole. And just kind of walks away. Yeah. But I want to know if like that was based on any kind of reality. It had to. There's got to be celebrity stories like that all oh, left and right. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Just yeah. awkward red carpet moments. Um. And just for the genuine nature. Plus, it's Apatow post 40 year old that really launched Steve Carell coming yeah. back. Like, sure, I'll help you. I'll be the celebrity on the red carpet for you. Uh, no problem. And, uh, yeah, just to see the awkwardness and the squirming. It was a very real moment as far as these uh, actors playing themselves in movies. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. got to be something they run into quite a bit. <laughs> Hence our discussion earlier. So why are you just like, big fan. All right, you have a yeah. good day. <laughs> so true. So true. That's a good choice, man. I, I didn't, I forgot about that moment in the back and forth. So that's, I, I remember now that you brought it up, I remember that scene. It was really funny because Steve is so uncomfortable. I mean, so uncomfortable mm. and it's, he's playing it so well. Yeah. I'm not trying to, 
I don't want to get canceled here. I just yeah. want to get out of this situation. Uh-huh. And I just love the, oh, I hear him calling my name. Yeah. No one's calling his name. And there's just this cacophony of sound behind him as people are yelling oh. at paparazzis <laughs> for picture and, and reporters trying to get. And he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure. Yep. That's, they're definitely. And, uh, so yeah, for that, it's like, it's a good moment and yeah. it's an honest moment. If we, you know, we're going to have someone playing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, all right. That's a good one. I like that one. All right. So what's your eight? Uh, my eight, this might be higher on your list, but, uh, this is the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a punt for me. Okay. Um, okay. So then my number 10 is, um, Anna Ferris in Keanu. Uh, go for it. Yeah. I liked Keanu. I really thought that was a nice small little movie that they had a premise that could have been completely stupid and it really worked. And of course I could have gone with Keanu Reeves as the voice of Keanu, but I wanted to go with someone who's actually appearing as themselves and, and since, mm-hmm. you know, um, but Anna Ferris is hilarious in this, in the scene that she's in. And it's so funny because everyone's kind of like, is when you're watching the movie, like, is she playing herself or not playing herself? Is she, and then eventually you realize she is playing herself and then everyone's freaking out. She pulls out the fucking samurai sword and all this stuff. So, you know, I, I, I it's a, I'm in a weird place about her because. You know, I, I'm glad that her podcast is successful, and it certainly is. But it's a shame that she isn't just doing more things, man, because she's very funny and she's damn good as an actress. And certainly, Mom was a good show. And I don't know what they're going to do now that she's leaving the show. Um, but you know, and of course, the stuff with Chris Pratt was probably pretty shitty in her experience. So, but you know, people people just kind of default to thinking of her as just a scary movie girl. And I think she's actually. And I thought House Bunny was good. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, whenever she pops up in anything, she's certainly giving a hundred percent. And that scene in Kiana when she's in it is, is hilarious. And uh, I just wanted to include it on the list because I just like what she did there. And I thought it was a good movie. Mom's in the show with Allison Janney, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. About her is she staying? I think, yeah, Allison is staying, but, she, but Ferris is going. So okay. an interesting decision, you know. Well, I mean, it's been on for a while. Yeah, seven or eight seasons, I think. Yeah, so eventually, just kind of, I assume those things kind of run their course and be like, ah, I've done this. Yeah. Um. I mean, Ellen Pompeo is fucking twenty-five years doing fucking Grey's, so I don't know. I don't know. She's built different. Yeah, you know, everybody's built different when it comes to this. Yeah. The stability and having somewhere to go and work and all that uh, is appealing mm-hmm. to others, and some people just like, hey, you know what? I've done this. Yeah, and if her podcast is taken off. That's a lot more of you dictating the hours. Yeah. So that's a little more relaxing, I imagine. Especially because she's a mom, you know? So. Yeah, you dictate the hours and everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, all right, well, good to her on her next endeavor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then my number nine, uh, which is probably a pun for you, but I don't know. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Harold and Kumar, the second one. A slight punt. Okay. Slight punt. Fair enough. A slight punt. Fair enough. Uh, and then my number eight, which also might be a punt, is, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Uh, no, go for it. Okay. I love them coming back to play themselves for the fucking sequel to Goodwill Hunting 2. I mean, uh, Goodwill Hunting. That is genius. It was the fucking, to be honest with you, is my favorite part of the movie. I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Kevin Smith guy. I mean, I like Kevin Smith, but I don't fall all over myself for Kevin Smith. 
Um, and I thought this was certainly a, a, a fun approach to a, to a, a sequel here. Um, and I love the idea of them coming back to mm-hmm. just kind of reprise the roles. And it's like, and the Harvard dude coming back to be shot by Matt Damon. Um, I thought it was really funny and the, the way they went back, uh, and forth with each other there in, in that scene was great. So, uh, it, it elevated the movie, which is what you hope a cameo of an actor playing themselves does. And so for me, that's why I, I included it on my list. And I cut some other ones because I just don't like or connect to the movie. And this is, this is not a bad movie. Uh, it's just for me overall, I think this scene is my favorite part of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the clerk's timeline of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never been your cup of tea. My, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas I like Dogma. I like Chasing Amy. I like Chasing I like, Amy. Yeah. Uh, Mall Rats. Um, mm-hmm. so he works for me in other capacities. Yes. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I've never seen. I didn't, I don't like, I don't understand the love of, uh, clerks. Yeah. But I am in the distinct minority. Now, you know, those that uh, love it, like, that's awesome. And I'm, yeah. he seems like a really nice guy. So, certainly a uh, magnanimous guy. Uh, you know, I just watched yesterday, I watched his like 12 or 13 minute uh, answer to the question about Bruce Willis at WonderCon, where he like basically said, like, you know, I let all that go. And when he got diagnosed, um, it really kind of made it clear to me that I need to let the anger go and remember the amount of entertainment he brought to my life growing up. And so, you know, certainly that's power to him. And I'm sure him getting over that heart attack um, makes you, your perspective completely change as well. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm those that love it, they love the ever living hell out of it. Yeah. And uh, I know that that one was positively received by the fans. So yes, yes. Um, and I do like those two characters quite a bit. They were they're basically the only part of Clerks. I just didn't like the lead, Dante. Yeah. There's a reason like, he doesn't go off and do other things, bro. He's not. Yeah, but he's the focus of that fucking movie. He is. All three of them. Um, right. There's a Clerks. Isn't there a Clerks? Well, cause there's a Clerks 2. Jane Patel Bob Strike Back. Is that a, is that a sequel a, or an offshoot to Clerks? I, I, you're asking the wrong person, but I always took it to be an offshoot. Like we're just spinning right. these characters off right. to their own. There's a Clerks too, so yeah, yeah. It's a Clerks too, which I haven't seen. Oh, okay. I don't. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to go back to this cat? If they made a Dogma too, I would actually watch that. Okay. Or Chasing Amy too. Yeah, I would love I see that. Chasing Amy too. Or yeah. Mall Rats, and like now the malls are completely different. Yeah, uh, and like whatever, I would totally watch that. But Clerks, I've just. I'm telling you, man, that Dante character and the actor just never found him appealing. I don't know why I'm gravitating towards this individual. Poor Brian O'Halloran. You're just coming for him, man. You're just coming for him. Yeah, listen, um, I think rightly uh, Jay and Simon Bob were the beloved <laughs> characters of that because they're the parts that I liked in that movie. Well, I mean, there is a there is a Clerks 3 that has been finished. Um. And Dante is coming back. Brian O'Halloran is coming back with Rosario Dawson from the Clerks second. Two. So yeah. Clerks 2, right. So they're, you know, still around kicking huh? it. Shut up. I hope it's a success and people love it. No. Good luck to you. There you go. And there is pre-production on Twilight of the Mall Rats, which I don't know what that is. 
with uh yeah Joey but what Paul does that mean pre-production on well i think they're working out the script yeah yeah exactly but that could be listed on his imdb for the next 10 years that's true that's true apparently jeremy london shannon doherty joey lauren adams claire forlani ethan supley and jason lee are in conversations to possibly come back but doesn't affleck have to be a part of this at some point <laughs> Sounds like we might have a funding issue. <laughs> hey, uh, don't know who's uh, signing up to bankroll that one. But once again, I hope it's a success. Seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah. There are other people in this town that seem like monsters, and I'm not going to wish them well. So Yeah, fair enough. He's, he, he is not Enough. He seems like a good dude, so I hope it gets off the ground. It's fun to make. Everybody enjoys themselves, and people love it. Okay. I'm not wishing you ill. That's right. Good stuff. What's your number seven, man? <laughs> uh, my seven is that punt. Harold and Kumar go okay. to White Castle. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it was, it's kind of the mph assance. Mm-hmm. Him coming back around and really shedding the doogie that we all kind of associated. Yeah. Because uh, he had lived with that for quite a long time by the, oh, yeah. when this movie came out. And then, you know, he has now become a staple of American pop culture. Yeah. Somewhat since this movie. Uh, but it's a great cameo going against full on type of what you assumed, like a nice, innocent type of guy and yeah. he is not playing that in the slightest so it doesn't seem to be who he is uh just given how much he's been in our life yeah. you know, since this movie came out so uh a good acting on his part channeling him <laughs> his inner douche <laughs> his inner straight douche right yeah 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 but it's like a broy, you know does designer drugs type of weirdo yeah. I think that was one of the negatives with how I met your mother is like, if NPH has this gear, let him have fun with this gear. They let the gear happen, but it was like softer in its approach. Whereas in Daryl and Kumar, it is way out there off the cliff. Um, and hilarious. And in the second one too, when he's breaking them out of prison and stuff and he goes on that unicorn trip, a drug trip or whatever. It's hilarious. But yeah, the first one is where he's like, I mean, he is just insane. And you're like, what in the fuck is happening here? This is genius. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely agree with you there, dude. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And you're like, wow, man, I really like MPH. I didn't realize that. It's kind of a, and it's it's not like the character is lovable. It's just, he's got so much swagger in all those scenes that it's kind of undeniable. And it's great on them because it could look like stunt casting. Yes. Agreed. And in no way does it. It's like, no, that was actually perfect guy for a great part. Yeah. And yeah. doing a version of himself that no one ever anticipated. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, very true. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, like you said, it, it, that's what kind of woke people up to what it could be. And he ends up on how I met your mother. And now he's been, you know, gone girl and all these other things. So hosting shows back on Broadway, doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, doing the Tony Awards and yeah, Tony Awards, yeah. Sure. Uh, did that? Uh, oh, what is it? Doctor something sing along. Oh, Doctor um, Vibes, right? Doctor yeah. Vibes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, hi to Cam Chapman, who's joining us live. Thank you, Cam. Great to see you. Um, good day, sir. Yeah, there 
go. Um, Actually, I have no idea what time it is there. Maybe it's. Do you say I can't imagine you say good day at night? Do you? Cam, answer it. Please let us know in the chat. Do you say good or is there a good night? I've never heard that one, so I don't know if there's a good night. It's five forty nine in the morning right now, so good day works. Good day works. That's true. Yeah, it does. Good eye. Um. All right. What's your what's your God, Cam? It's five forty nine in the morning, man. Oh, Doctor Horrible. That's it. Sorry, Doctor Horrible. There you go. My bad. All right. What's your six? Uh, my six is the big short. Oh, oh yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Um, with Margot Mar- Robbie and Selena yeah, yeah. Gomez. Oh, that's right. I forgot Selena has that thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she's at the poker table and they're explaining on how yeah, you can crazy. bet on top of the bet on top of the bet and how this thing ballooned from one dollar to a billion dollars. <laughs> um, between her and Margot Robbie. I mean, we just talked about it on Breaking the Fourth Wall show. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've got another one from that show. I kind of felt bad. But, uh, it's like, ah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. A list is a list. Um, but yeah, they're just great. And like we brought up just a couple of weeks ago, uh, on the fourth wall one is having to deliver these big expository chunks about what the hell we're talking about in here and, uh, doing it in a way that is understandable and palatable to the average viewer. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not easy to do. Great choice by McKay and also excellent acting from, uh, Margot Robbie and Selena Gomez yeah. and uh, they're playing themselves and they get introduced as such. And mm-hmm. it's just like, and here's this celebrity to explain this. And uh, it's a weird, like what they did, you know, when someone uh, celebrity pops onto like Sesame street and be like, Oh, we got so-and-so today. Hey. And everybody goes banana times and they're just themselves. Uh So it's kind of like that they introduce and they just like give a little title card who it is. Um, but, uh, you know, it was really good. I don't know what else to say because we just came up on a show uh, not too long ago, but that's my yeah. number six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, nothing more to add to that. Uh, certainly they're fine. And it's smart of Adam McKay to use two beautiful women to get people to pay attention to what they're saying. True. So, I mean, you know, smart move on his part. And certainly seeing Selena do more like uh, Only Murders in the Building makes me kind of enjoy who she is as an actress now as opposed to – in the past being just like, Oh, this is another Disney one. You know, this one, she's actually got some, some weight to what she's doing. So it was nice of Adam to kind of notice that and use her and, and smart too. Cause I mean, with Margot, you're, you're getting, you're getting the 20 and 30 year olds and the 40 year olds with Selena. Maybe you're getting the teenagers and the 20 year olds. And so to get them to kind of understand, you know, yeah, what's happening. Sure. So, I thought you were saying to draw them into the theater and I was like, I don't. No, no, no. More than yeah. they're watching it. If they happen to be in the theater. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's your seven and six. My seven is, um, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon in the trip movies, like all three of them. Excuse um, me. they're, you know, they're playing themselves uh, or versions of themselves. Um, I imagine it's not on your list. So uh, I've seen clips. I've never sat down to see. Oh. I've had so many people recommend them. Yeah. Um, cause I like both of those guys. I think they're very funny. Yeah. 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 And the clips I have seen, like they're, how do you do Michael, the, yeah, the Michael Caine impression back and forth? It's a great scene. There's a bunch of those where you can just find the scene. I've gone down a rabbit hole on YouTube before. Yeah. Uh, but I've never watched any of the movies, so I couldn't in good conscience put them yeah. on my list. Well, they've been, they've progressed. And what's really fascinating is their relationship has progressed as the movies have progressed and then their status of how they treat each other. Like initially in the first movie, Coogan is the cock. Like he's the cock of the walk and he's like really browbeating Bryden through most of the movie because of, you know, he's kind of more famous than him. 
as the second movie rolls around, Bryden has kind of found his path, so to speak, and he's doing more things. And so it's a little more of an equal, and Coogan's not as much of a dick. And in the third movie, Bryden almost at times gets the best of Coogan. So if this had been a thing they mapped out, then God bless them because they kind of figured it out and it works because Coogan can turn you off a lot in that first movie. But the, them playing off their own celebrity status and certain moments where they get noticed by certain people and certain things of theirs get brought up throughout the movie, I think is really well done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. The Michael Caine moments are fuck man. They're so funny. I mean, the one where he's like, I don't want to bury any more Batman's. I can't fit his ears inside the coffin. That shit is genius. And, and them going off. And then they're also commentating on of of fandom and work and getting you behind the scenes look at what they actually struggle with as real people you know kind of constantly mm-hmm. what's the next thing constantly what do i how do i stay at this level you know there's all that kind of stuff which i think is fascinating and you're getting a chance to like discover some food and discover some locations and whatever so i like the movies as a series i couldn't pick one that they're better in than the other so i just put the series together that's fine because it's like one continuation it's not if they're not distinct right difference like this one is polar contrast to this one in just terms of like locations and right how the journey goes but it's like if it's roughly the same thing over and over again yeah yeah that that seems fair (laughs) um camp chapman says always good eye anytime always really day or night good eye okay i guess so um, on the my number six is Chuck Norris in Dodgeball. Go for it. Oh, <laughs> surprise. All right. I thought for sure they might be hired. You know, Chuck Norris is a legitimate fucking actor, ladies and gentlemen. So whether you like his movies or not, it's a separate conversation, but him. Sure. Being, I thought he was funny in Dodgeball, you know, as opposed to Lance Armstrong is not an actor doing a cameo. This is an actual real actor and the back and forth that he has, which aren't that many to be fair. And the thumbs up situation, all of that is just. So fun to see him be a part of it. And, and I like that movie, still like that movie. Um, and, uh, he brings the nice, like, how can I say this? He brings a nice element of, um, toughness to the movie because who the fuck ever would think that Chuck Norris would be do- uh, judging a dodgeball physical event. That is just hilarious on so many levels. And he plays it up well, obviously with, uh, Bateman and, um, Gary Cole teeing him up, but it really works. Yeah. So I, I like him being a part of the movie. Uh, I like the movie. Yeah. I've seen the movie a lot. I'm, I, I'm not the biggest fan. Of, of the movie? Even though you've seen it a lot? Okay. Yeah. It was one of those DVDs I had when I didn't have cable for two or three years. Right, right, right. It's one of my, how many ever DVDs I own. I had a box. Okay. So I watched it a bunch and it just, it never really hit me. Certain actors, uh, did in it and others that didn't, I like them a lot in other projects. Just okay. this one didn't, I don't know. It was an assortment of weird characters for the sake of having an assortment of weird characters. Mm, okay. Didn't really make a lot of sense. And for some of these people, it's just like, why, why, why is Alan Tudyk a pirate? Why? Steve the pirate, man. Okay. That's fine. And the Globex gym was a yeah. little bit like Ben Stiller was full on. Oh yeah. Ben Stiller. Like yeah. it's just off the rails. It's too much. Um, and I don't know if I want Vince Vaughn playing the straight man. 
Oh, you like it being more the. Yeah, I want him to be the funny guy. Yeah, that's fair. At the height of Vince Vaughnness, and he's kind of just mostly playing the straight guy. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's all right. This is not what I want. <laughs> Sorry. Um, have you been watching Severance, by the way? Speaking of Stiller, uh, I am. Uh, so Catherine's been pretty much gone for the past week and a half. Okay. Um, in that she's been staying with her dad a bunch because he's been dealing with something. Oh, sorry. he's fine. He's okay. fine. Everything's going to be fine, but she's been gone right, more right. often than she's been here. So we're just now catching up on finally saw the end of the dropout. Finally saw, well, caught up on we crash, need to catch up on Minx. Yeah. Need to catch We need to start Tokyo vice. Need to catch up on severance. Yeah. Okay. Like um, we're backlogged on. <laughs> you got to schedule out. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like, uh, what do you feel like uh, tonight? We can do any of, you know, totally. Totally. Uh, I get it. Um, all right. Well, then my number six. Oh, well, there we go. Well, then we'll, we'll, let's take a break. Uh, Matt, okay. I think we're at the, we're at the halfway point here, right? So we're going to take a quick break. Um, listen to our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll start with Matt Nost's, uh, number five, right? For this, Matt Nost, we're back. Number we are five, back. Please. We're jumping in. All right. My number five is, uh, the player with Tim Robbins. Ooh, nice choice. Go ahead. You've got. A bevy of very small cameos. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I wrote down, uh, Cher, James Coburn, mm. Harry Belafonte, John Cusack, Peter Falk, and there are others. Yes. Uh, it's a movie about Hollywood. Tim Robbins plays an exec who, uh, is fearful that someone is trying to kill them and he is trying to determine who that individual is. Right. And it's this whole, he's looking over his shoulder the whole time because it is it. Is it someone that he's pissed off as an exec that didn't, uh, he didn't bite on their project or whatever it is. And just the, the sleaziness of Hollywood. <laughs> uh, it's got a little bit, you know, it's, it's more style and you don't get into the weeds of how shitty an agent can be like in swimming with sharks. Oh yeah. yeah. But you still get a decent amount of the sleaziness, the two faced. Oh, this guy's terrible. And then he walks up to the table and be like, Hey, how are you? <laughs> Looking good. Call me. We'll talk. We'll do yeah. that thing. We'll schedule a meeting. Have my, you know, my person talk to your person. Yeah. Uh, just all that bullshit. And as soon as they walk away, it's like that fucking guy's the worst. <laughs> uh, which totally, I, I was in that situation oh. last week where no, I was just, there were agents floating around and oh. it was, you could just see it. You're like, okay, this is all right. That's fine. Uh, one of which I I've known for a long time. Oh, okay. And, uh, even, but I could see the, him doing it. Mm. He wouldn't do it with me. Uh, so I'm working the room. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And then, uh, someone pointed out and be like, oh, well, that person's from such and such. And then you just kind of watch them from afar and be like, yep, yep, that, 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 you know, they are definitely working the room. It's just the, they, they ooze it when they're in full cheese, like, you know, palming mode. It yeah. is, you can spot it from a mile away. Uh, but yeah, just to see that, I've always liked that about the player. It, it gives you a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, and it's a good movie. It's one that most people don't see from Tim Robbins' canon. Yeah. So I, I would thoroughly recommend it. That and, uh, swimming with sharks, although it is a space oh. film. I love swimming with sharks. Yeah, I yeah. know. Spacey and all that, but, and they're doing a series. It's coming out. Uh, TV series. Uh, yeah, I saw that announcement. I don't yeah. know why you turned that into a series, to be honest. It's two women. 
So yeah, but can you stomach be... that character for that long? Yeah. Both of them, actually. Yeah, it's a good question. I think it wraps up nicely in movie format for mm-hmm. me, at least. May I prove me wrong? Yeah. So it's a fucking. I mean, that movie was a wake up call to anybody who wants to come work in this business at that time. I don't know how it is now, but at that time. It's an honest, honest film. The stories you hear, dude, you know, before there were cell phones and you could document all this stuff and (laughs) social media and whatnot. And good HR departments. Yeah. Yeah. The story, I mean, it is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking liberal Hollywood that supposedly cares about everybody and the shit they were pulling. Uh, They do in public. Yeah. Yeah. They do in public. You're right about that. In private, it's a completely different matter. No one's watching, so. As I throw my phone at you and then try and sleep with the next person that comes <laughs> in my door. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yep. <laughs> People are terrible everywhere. Does this look like a pink packet to you? Oh my God. Um, all right. So then my number five, well, I'm, I'm not a player person. I just never, it's one of the, the all ones that I don't feel the same reverence that other people feel about. I, I mean, I can understand I'm why. Not- I'm not a Robbins guy overall. I mean, I like Shawshank, but most of the time, he kind of irritates me. I'll be honest with you. It's it's why I never applied to be part of that acting company that he has here in L.A. back in the early 2000s when I was doing stuff. Like, I had a friend who got in there, and he was like, dude, so they're doing great work. I was like, you have to be on the Tim Robbins' thumb. And I'm just like, I don't know. I never – it just didn't appeal to me, man. But certainly, you know, he's good in the movie. I'm not going to deny that. The player's a good movie. just – I don't go back and watch it that often. Okay. I mean, I, I can understand why you wouldn't connect to it. Yeah. <laughs> can you, you can. You right. fully, fully. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, cause it has somewhat of like a hypnotic trance on me. That's and fair. I can't, if someone else is like, uh, you know, it's fine. Like I, I know what you mean, but for some reason I really enjoy it. Totally, man. Totally. Uh, my number five is the one you mentioned in our last show, JCVD. I didn't want to leave it off this list, goddammit. So it's I called put a it punt, my friend. Yeah, uh, that is called a punt. That's fine. It's fine with me. That was my other and be like, uh, we just use breaking the fourth wall in another one, but really foot fits the bill on this. I agree. All right, what's your four? Uh, my four is Zombieland. Oh, that's a punt. Slight punt, but a punt. Okay. So then my four is, um, this is the end. Okay, from earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the pun from so, I mean, if I'm gonna choose anybody, I guess I could choose Michael Sarah because he is such a phenomenal dick that and memorable dick in the time that he is alive. Um, uh, and I just enjoyed him. But everybody really, from Channing Tatum to um, uh, oh, yeah. Franco and Rogan yeah. and yeah. Uh, Baruchel, Jay Baruchel, right. And Emma uh, Watson, who comes in. Yeah, Emma Watson. Possibly got trying to rape her and shit, which is insane. Uh, yeah, but the film from top to bottom. I mean, you said you could say the whole cast. It, it is yes. it is one of my favorite films. And they all do such a great job of sending themselves up. Um, and, of course, ending with fucking uh, the Backstreet. No, was it Backstreet Boys or was it Sync? they ended up with in, in heaven? I think it was Backstreet Boys. Um, it's hilarious. Backstreet Boys. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's brilliant. So I can't remember either. On so many levels, this film is. If you guys haven't seen this film, I mean, just to see them all send each other up, I think is genius. And it's a it's a vapidity that you see from them um, that works with the way they've constructed the film. Um, 
and the right people get punished in the movie for sure. So, oh, and yeah, Rihanna. if it was if it was in sync, you would remember Timberlake being in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, good point. So yeah, it's yeah. got to be Backstreet. Yeah, I think it is Backstreet. Back. I think they do sing Backstreet's back all right. I think when they're up there. Yeah, yeah, that that rings of of truth. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird for some reason. Last night, uh, YouTube recommended Insync's uh, Pop to me out of nowhere. <laughs> Literally, I don't have – it recommended that and the European Chainsaw Carving Championships from 2010. Sounds good. It sounds about like they connect. I don't even up? know why the algorithm – did I watch both? Yes, I did. It knows more <laughs> about me. Than, well, the pop was like, God, I haven't seen this in years. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't – I wasn't listening to that. That was TRL, and I that was long since – like mm-hmm. I had stopped watching MTV long before – yeah. And I forgot how much JC's hair, basically he must have the same person that Bon Jovi did roughly around the same time. <laughs> he highlights, he looks more like a middle-aged woman than he does a pop star. It's, it's fucking strange to see. It must uh, drive him insane. It has to drive him insane. It has like, to drive him insane. Yes. Well, every, so, so, yeah. Then I watched like their three or four biggest songs and it's just the yeah. two of them at all times. Yeah. You can argue that those two, I mean, you get why Lance and, and Fatone, like, you know, they, arguably you could say the most successful boy band because all four of them, or whether two more, I guess. There was one more, uh, one more. Chris Kirkpatrick. Oh, right, right. Chris Kirkpatrick. But like four out of the five went off to have careers doing other things, you know? Even you JC three out of the five, what did JC do? JC's been doing like Broadway stuff and producing music and stuff. So. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. I don't know, you know, like yeah, the, the level to which the backstreet guys, I couldn't tell you what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. JC is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's, he had a solo career and now he's a songwriter. He's written songs for a bunch of people, Archuleta, Matthew Morrison, backstreet boys, a bunch. And he's working on America's best dance crew. On MTV, or he did that on MTV. Um, so yeah, now he's part of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, so he's doing his own thing, man. Lay off with JC, man. That's all I'm saying. I haven't seen him in <laughs> so long. I mean, I don't know what Kirkpatrick is doing. That's a great, I, I totally forgot about Kirkpatrick. What is he up to? Solo t- television and films. He's done voice acting. Oh wow. Okay. All right. He's on. He's been on. He's been on Fairly Odd Parents as a recurring. He was a, there for a recurring character. Interesting. All right. He was a house guest in Celebrity Big Brother this past year, earlier this year, and he was in Sharknado Three. Come on now. He's working. I guess so. So that's good. I guess so. Um, all right. Anyway, where are we at? We're, we're, we don't want to go too far off the reservation. Uh, I think that was your four. Yes. What's um, your three? So my three, my three is my, the other one I brought up earlier. And it's like, you could fight me on it. Mm. That's fine. Okay. But I'm taking airplane with Kareem. Oh, I, dude, I went back and forth on this. Cause he did Game of Death before, and that's a full on acting role. Yes, you're right. And he starts off acting in the scene and then breaks down and was like, you fucking tell your dad. Yeah. And that's when he's 
pivots and I'm like, he's acting. Yeah. He's acting. In the first part of that scene and then pivots into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't have a huge extended resume, was not known, you know, as an yeah, actor, sure, but he sure. had done some legit. Look, you do Game of Death. That's legit. Yeah, I agree. And a decent sized part in Game of Death as well. Yeah. It, easily the most iconic of it. Yeah. Uh, and then to go off and, uh, it's a great scene. It's one of the most memorable in airplane. Oh, it's so true. Uh, and it just like, I, I, if you want to fight me on it, that's why I'm in my head, but like, coming into this, but I was like, I think that this qualifies. He has stayed acting, by the way. I mean, he started out in 1971. Yeah. Acting with Mannix. Then, like you said, Game of Death. He was in an episode of Emergency, Man from Atlantis, uh, The Visitor, uh, and then The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, which people always forget. And I was so happy to see that being referenced in Winning Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does Airplane and then he does a bunch of stuff. He was in Fletch as himself. You could have used Fletch. Uh, and then he's in all these other things going through Bustin' Loose, Troop Beverly Hills. So he has been in stuff. He is a legitimate actor playing different characters and himself, depending on the project, still up to what last credit was 2021, where he was in Dave playing himself. So there you go. Yeah. The Fletch is that doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't. Whereas airplane for me is like, that's, that's wow. enough. He's doing enough in the scene. Yes, I agree. It's, yeah, it's memorable. He starts off acting and then pivots to being himself. You try dragging Walton and Walton and down the court <laughs> for 48 minutes. Like, man, he's got a point. He's got a point. Oh, man. I like the actor they chose for him too in winning time. He's actually doing a really great job. Yeah, him and magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. So good. So good. Yeah, not Shame. easy roles to fill. No, right. 100%. Um, all right. So then my number three is also one you could probably fight me on. So I, I, Matt, it's curious that we both put our ones that could possibly be, or uh, at number three that could be debated. Uh, but I put the Beatles for a hard day's night because they were, they acted in help. John Lennon did a film called The Mouse That Roared where he played a, I played a character. Um, Ringo Starr was in Caveman. Um, so <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I think if it, this conversation never comes up, you hold back that Ringo Starr credit. I mean, that's a terrible movie. It's terrible. But it's it it. god awful. Um, so yeah, I mean, help. Yeah, they're playing a version of them, but like, you know, even Yellow Submarine, they're still acting, you know, so to me, I put that on the list. Um, because that's such a great movie and they're so, yes, they're sending up themselves, but no different than, than this is the end. They're sending them up a version of themselves that I think is really funny. So to me, I give the, I give, uh, oh no, I'm not the mouse of the Lord, how I won the war. Sorry about that for any British fans who were listening. Um, but yeah, so I put it on the table here that I think they're acting in, in the hard day's night. So I'm going to put that on the table. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you on it. It's fine. I haven't seen whatever projects they've done beforehand. So I can't really qualitatively say, well, do they, it's like the, are you sure? Are the parts, you know, big enough type of, cause yeah, I did that with a few, like I said before with the Howard Stern and I looked up like 
Mike Tyson for The Hangover, and then I looked at his filmography, or yeah. uh, you know Bob Barker for Happy Gilmore, and a few others, and be like, I just can't get there because yeah, Stern almost made my list. I was close. I was close. Yeah, but it, once we say actors, it's just like, well, mm-hmm. that kind of narrows it down. Kareem was my big fudge. If he had but, to, if I had to clip off Alice Cooper, that's fine. I could have grabbed one of the others from the side. All the three choices I had there for 10 are just movies that I like better than everything else on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I thought that actually fit better. Um, okay. What's your number two? My two is JCVD. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cause okay, the, the whole movie is yeah. about him as John Claude going home. Yeah. On a working on a movie, you know, that isn't going well and he's in financial. A financial state where yep. he's not in the best, uh, you know, liquidity at the moment. <laughs> he's going through a divorce. He's dealing with a, a daughter from a previous marriage. It's like, yeah. Yeah. a lot of this seems very real that's yeah. unfolding on celluloid before us. Um, so because of all of that, this all encompassing, this seems very autobiographical or yeah. biographical, I guess, because he, he didn't write the damn thing. Right, 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 right. Um, and it's not quite a biopic, but it's cl- close on some level to a biopic mm. uh, because of all that. And he is the focus of all of it. I put it at two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's a great choice. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, like I said, I, I have it on my list at, at uh, five uh, because you made me very aware of it last week, which, you know, I felt terrible I didn't put it on my list. So I knew I had to have it up there in the top five. But, yeah, he's he's so good. Because, I mean, yeah, this, that monologue is great. But it's all the other stuff too that helps you to enjoy that monologue even more. And then everything that happens afterwards, you know, is you're really living and dying through all he's experiencing what? and being confronted with as Claude Van Dale. That opening scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where he's going through and he's, it's on the set and he's shooting it and he gets to the end and he's like, we fucked that up. Yeah. Because of this and this and this. And the director is so checked out because he's working on like a low budget project that they don't really give two shits about. Right. And you can see his frustration. And then you start thinking about Shh, that's more than likely what he's been doing. Yeah. By and large for the past decade when he makes this. Right. 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 These low budget, nobody gives a shit. It just, we're churning it out type of uh, production. Yeah. Like, God, from that moment, you start feeling bad for him. Yeah, that's true. It's a very good point. Yeah. But it's good stuff. If you guys haven't seen JCVD two weeks in a row now, we're trying to tell you to go see JCVD or watch JCVD. Yeah. I think um, it helps if you like action films because then you mm-hmm. you may not like Jean-Claude, but you could kind of put another actor that you like in that position. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. Um, All right. What's your two? Uh, That is my deuce. No, sorry. So the my two is the your punt from earlier, Bill Murray in Zombieland. Okay, sure. I mean, I, I could have chosen what two or three other films where he's playing himself, but this this one works the best, I think, because it is so unexpected. It mm-hmm. it's so funny, and it comes to a tragic end, which is even more genius. Um, and it makes the film like just when the film might be how kind of straining at the edges of believability and a little bit of irritability with these characters. Here comes, here comes Bill Murray to essentially save the film in the middle there and, and kind of take it, uh, to another level as a zombie film. And it, 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 and it works organically with the way they've set up the film being a little more sarcastic in its approach or humorous in its approach to a zombie invasion. So all of it works really well. And, and you just, and this is Murray at right at that point where people are enjoying him in movies 
And having him like, not that they haven't enjoyed it, but you know what I'm saying? Like kind of a renaissance again, but like, I mean, it would just be Bill Murray to simulate being a zombie in order to try to escape the situation, which yeah. I thought was genius. So, so much about his time in that movie is so great. There's not a wasted second and it's very fun. And like I said, the ending of his time in the movie is just so perfect as well in the back and forth that they have with him. <laughs> I mean, the unexpected nature. Yeah. Of him just popping up out of nowhere and it's like, oh my God, Bill Murray. It was great. If you didn't have that spoiled for you, it was oh, yeah. just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, thinking about when putting the list together, the public perception of Bill is he's one of our most lo- lovable celebrities of all right. time. Right. And then, but there are horror stories of him from <sighs> sets where you're like, how, how do we rectify these two realities? Yeah. I guess we just don't care. I guess he doesn't care. And because he doesn't care, mm. we don't care in a way, right? Cause he yeah, doesn't, quite make, possibly. he doesn't make a big deal about it. He doesn't come out with statements trying to save his brand or do anything. He's like, this is who I am. And he's so unapologetically who he is that the public has nothing to hold on to to go against him. It seems like, I mean, that's my impression, dude. I don't know. Yeah, quite possibly. Just the, doesn't, doesn't make a big deal about it. Between like the set of Scrooge and the set of Groundhog Day and the set of Charlie's Angels, like Charlie's Angels and the set, you know, he's got a few and you're like, oh man, he seems, is it him or is it these individuals? And Groundhog Day is bitter because they were friends for a long time. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it Uh, happens. It happens. Yeah, it does. McKay and Farrell, you know, hate each other now because of winning time. Winning time. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it happens. Professional pride always gets in the way of that shit. So, um, okay. But yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, Lucy Lou has some terrible stories about working with him on Charlie's Angel. He's had some pretty inappropriate shit, but I also think he's such a connective tissue to so many films that people who grew up loving films love that it's hard for them to necessarily hate him fully because he's never changed who he is. He's always been the curmudgeon. Even when he was younger, he was kind of curmudgeonly so whereas chase everybody fucking hates chase <laughs> so at this point pretty much yeah yeah but chevy likes to make a big deal about it you know? so, whereas bill doesn't care um yeah because you rarely see a bill murray interview when's the last time you saw him sit down like to be interviewed for an hour with anybody he doesn't uh, do that. letterman is the last i can oh, remember yeah. right letterman yeah He's not, he's not known for being the nicest guy either sometimes. So, you know, it makes sense. Um, all right, man. What's your one? Uh, my one is, I have to assume is what we both have, which is being John Malkovich. Absolutely. Malkovich, Malkovich. Yes. It's, I mean, it was the no brain. It was the easiest one once we said this. We're like, well, Malkovich. Yeah. It's the very first thing I thought of. I would imagine most people when they read the title of the show, <laughs> it would be the very first thing they think of. Yeah. Uh, uh, even if they haven't seen the movie, just because it's such a weird and unique idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very well done. It's executed really well. Yeah. And uh, he's great in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the perfect choice for like a just the avant-garde idea yeah. that yeah. this movie, you know, is, is predicated upon. Uh, but yeah, I, Malkovich, number one choice. Yeah, agreed. Same thing. I mean, and, and he does such a great job understanding because I mean, this is such a unique film, but then also like, what is your mentality about the movie? What is your point of view about the movie? And it does such a great job of 
of, you know, kind of reappreciating Malkovich, who at the time wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, doing a bunch of stuff. And so it was a nice way to kind of reappreciate him. And then the way he was in on the joke, I thought was genius as well. So all of it works so well. And when, you know, Cusack becomes him, and all the different people become him, the frustration that he has that these people are taking over his body um, just works so well. So, yeah, yeah, I love it to pieces. Um, All right, well, there you go. That's our uh, separate lists for the top ten films where actors play themselves. We're going to put this list together, do some bongos, and, and get on out of here, Matt. What, what do we got? Breaking it down now, so clearly... Yeah, Malkovich number one, I imagine. Being John Malkovich is number one. Uh, let's see, JCBD we have as two what was yours? Oh, uh, five? Yeah, five. Five for me. And then Zombieland is your two? This is my two, yeah. All right, so Zombieland wins that. Okay. JCVD. Um... Let's see, and you had This is the End at five or four? Four, yeah. Uh, that's four, eight. Uh, that's fine. We also have MPH, right? Uh, yeah, that's seven and nine. Nine, yeah, let's okay. hold off on that. Okay. Um, okay, uh, I've got my number three. What's your highest? Uh, my number three as well. Hard day's night. So, have you got a coin? We got a coin. All right. Let's do her. Flipping it up. It's the old superhero coin and up it goes. All right. Hard day's night it is. Wow. Shocking development. Shocking. Must be my, must be my good day. All right, I would say Harold and Kumar next. Okay. So that takes us, that's number seven. All right. Um, we got three left. Okay. Uh, I have my number five. Uh, go ahead. I do not have my number five. All right, then I have my number six. So do I, Chuck Norris and Dodgeball. But no, since I won the last one, you can take this one. All right, the big short. Okay. And then what, Chuck Norris at the end? Yep, and that is the list. Cool. Let's do this. The top ten movies where an actor plays themselves, yeah. At number ten. Dodgeball. At number nine. The Big Short. At number eight. The Player. At number seven. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. At number six. Airplane. At number five. Hard Day's Night. At number four. This is the end. At number three. JCVD. At number two. Zombieland. And our number one movie where an actor plays themselves is... Being John Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. There you go. Uh, so um. All right. Well, Hopefully the unbearable uh, weight of massive talent is good and let us know your thoughts on the movie. You go out to see it uh, and let us know your thoughts on the show in general over at, uh, uh, at top 10 show all spelled out on Twitter 
Please. Otherwise, you can um, watch it at uh, YouTube at youtube.com forward slash uh, the top 10 podcast with the number 10. And it is the same, the top 10 podcast on Instagram. So please hit us up. We'd love to have you. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Knows. Check out Settle the Score, uh, my other movie-based show, or Dropping Dimes if you want a little NBA action. And that is it for me this week. There you go. You can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. And uh, you can come to my YouTube channel, youtube.com. Slash John Roca says, see what I've got going on there. And my two other podcasts, the uh, Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies for you to enjoy. Um, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Peace. Ooh.